What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's Sunday. It's actually early because of the missed week with the travel and everything uh, last week. So it is Sunday, December 8th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 427. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope you are all doing well. Hope everything is good with you in between shows. Um, Got a lot of stuff to talk about. I am actually here doing this podcast from my beautiful hotel room here in San Antonio, Texas. And guys, I am not going to lie to you. I am thrilled tonight because tonight is uh, the end of my unbelievable year. And uh, it's a celebration. Everything came came together great. I'm kind of right where I need to be. I'm ready to go home, ready to be home for the holidays with my family. I um, miss my family terribly, my wife, my kids. I'm going home. One more show tonight, but I'm not going to lie. It's been amazing. And um, yeah, I want to thank everybody who came out um, on this last run in the South. Um, You know, Dallas was the day after Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I truly appreciate everybody who came out that Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Also uh, here in San Antonio, everybody who's coming out uh, to the shows. This is, uh, it's been an amazing run, and I'm absolutely thrilled about uh, where things are. I got one more. I'm going to leave it all out there on the stage. As you could hear, my voice is a little hoarse, not too bad. Haven't been smoking the cigars too much, so. But, um, yeah, I'm about to hop on a 6 a.m. flight and get the hell home, and then everything else I'm doing is going to be local for the next little bit until we pick up the tour. Um next year and I'll be announcing more of those dates on the podcast and on my um, website so it's yeah this is it man I got one left I'm getting picked up and um, you know San Antonio is great but my hotel is like far away from the club so they have to like pick me up and we have to get on a highway to get to the club so I'm like walking around to find places to eat and uh, I did a Chick-fil-a which, by the way, I mean, the Chick-fil-A, the spicy chicken sandwich with pickles is incredible. Um, and then I went to this other deli. Went to a deli here, and I'm going, listen, no offense. I give I give Texas barbecue. I'll give you guys barbecue all day, okay? You give, I'm New York. I mean, pizza, our pizza will blow your dick off. You can't even compare our pizza. It's not even, it's almost embarrassing to talk about pizza in the South. And I mean, no disrespect. It's just really what it is. The pizza down here, I wouldn't even attempt to eat because it's shit. All right, guys, I make make this very clear. Your pizza, wherever you live, if you're not in the Northeast, is shit. It just is. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick. It's shit. Your water is not the same. Your sauce is not the same. It sucks. Now, our barbecue compared to yours sucks. You guys have the brisket. You guys have the... You know, the ribs, all of these amazing places down here, Texas barbecue, we can't hold a candle to you. Same with the pizza. All right, I went to a deli here thinking the deli was going to be shit. Now listen, you guys don't have boar's head meat. If you don't know what boar's head meat is, I can't help you. I don't know what to tell you, but the meat sucks. But I was actually pleasantly surprised with this deli. I got a little half a sandwich, got a little soup. It was fine. You know what, but I'm ready to go home. And I'm ready to eat some Italian food, drink some red wine, and be home for the holidays. It's time for that. It is time for that. So, um, 
but the shows have been phenomenal. The crowds have been awesome. Thank everybody, too, who's been listening to the podcast. A ton of people coming up to me after the shows saying love the podcast. So thank you guys uh, so much for that. Now, my unacceptable today is going to be a rant. And it's something that's been on my mind for a really long time. And now is my time to vent it out. And I really, truly hope this message gets across to as many people as possible because I've actually had it with these type of people. Okay, I've actually had it. And I'm going to be sending what I'm about to say now to all of my even negative friends who are unacceptable and fall into what I'm going to say now. Okay, so here we go. This is going to I don't know how long this is going to be. Okay, I might get into the Knicks firing their coach after. I don't know. Maybe. This is all a how I feel type of podcast. Okay, 427 is how I feel. All right, I'm going to see the time. I don't think I'm going to be able to get to anybody's stuff. I have to get out to do a show after this. But this is the main part of the show that I'm going to talk about today. Is the movie The Irishman. Okay, and the critiques and what people are saying about it, and what I think about it, and all the things that I've been seeing after it got released um, on Netflix, which I believe was November 27th. Okay, so now we are 11 days after that, and I really need to talk about this. Okay. All right, I'm going to try to not be mad here. But I cannot take these people who were waiting, these cynical assholes who were waiting to say that their complaints about it, okay? Listen, of course it's not going to be Goodfellas or Casino. It's a different story. But all of this stuff, okay? Oh, well, the makeup looked terrible. Oh, it, it was too long. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, my God, I could have slept through that. I could have this and that. You want to know why people say that? A, they wanted it to be bad because some of these people just want something to complain about, okay? How about the fact, Let's. I'm going to break it down like this, step by step. How about the fact that for many, many years in our country, it was what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. And now you have one of the greatest directors of all time telling you what the fuck happened to him, okay? Using the greatest actors, okay, of, of many of De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, Harvey Keitel. I mean, just all of these unbelievable actors that are in this movie. Okay, telling the story of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Okay, but because it was a little slow, you fucking dummies, because you want to you want a, a shooting scene in in every, you know, part of the movie every minute. You want to know why? Cuz everybody needs instant gratification today. Nobody could sit back and be patient and watch a great story and let it unfold with the greatest actors. They can't be happy with that. They can't be happy with the fact that Martin Scorsese decided to give you guys one more, a nice farewell movie with the greatest actors ever. You can't just sit on the couch for three hours and say, wow, this is an amazing story. Everybody wondered, where's Jimmy Hoffa? Is he in the end zone at Giant Stadium? Was he put on a truck in Jersey and sent away like the first movie showed? Was it, where is he? No, you know what? No. Scorsese, and I'll even take it further, Scorsese, De Niro, and Pacino sat down in an interview and they were asked, do you think Frank Sheeran is telling the truth and this is what happened? And they said in their research and everything they've learned that absolutely this is what happened. 
And then the guy's on his deathbed going, yeah, he was put in an incinerator. He was cremated right after we killed him. That's what happened right after. And that's it. You know, he's telling you. And you got the best director with the best actors telling you this story. And why? Because it's a little long. It's just cynical, impatient bullshit. That's where we live now. People aren't happy with things. People don't have patience to just watch something unfold. You know, granted, I didn't love the fact. There was a couple things I didn't love. Okay, I didn't love De Niro kicking that guy outside the deli when it looked like he was kicking his niece and he wasn't even using his leg power. Like, I didn't like that scene. I thought the scene could have been further away. What I would have done, and listen, I'm not a director. I'm, you know, I'm about to go tell some dick jokes in a strip mall in San Antonio, so, I mean, who am I? But, you know, I would have done that scene where the frame would have been, it would have been further away. So it would have looked like he tells his daughter to stay outside of the deli. He goes in, throws the guy through the window, and I would have made it look like from across the street you see him doing something. So it didn't look as obvious that he wasn't kicking the guy. Fine. Also, the fact that his body looked a little older than his face did early on in the movie. People saying, oh, they should have got another actor. Okay, fine. But that's going to make you, oh, it's a terrible movie. It's horrible. Was the acting horrible? No, because that's some of the best acting that you're ever going to see. Okay, take it for what it is and enjoy the story. Enjoy the acting. Let it play out and fucking sit there and watch the greatest people who've done it put together a story which was a mystery in our country forever but they can't do it. this is terrible this is boring what a thing just waiting for it to be like that you know sorry joe pesci wasn't a crazy murderous nut job like he was in casino and goodfellas it doesn't have to always be that but you know what he was he was an oscar nominated actor who's going to get another who's i mean he's an oscar winning actor who's going to get a nomination probably for this performance as russell buffalino Oh, not to mention the great Ray Romano is in it and just knocks it out of the park and does a great job, okay? I can't stand cynical assholes who look for everything. Now, listen, if the movie stunk, I would say it. If the acting was bad, if all of the st- if, it, if it didn't, like, flow and tell the story, how fascinating was it that the people that were trying to protect Hoffa eventually were the ones that killed him because they said he was getting out of control. How great of a story was that? How great is the scene when Pacino was eating the steak, looking down at Fat Tony Salerno when he was giving the award to Frank Sheeran and he's just looking down at him, knowing that there's a little bit of a problem, but just staring him down saying, listen, motherfucker, you're not stopping me because I'm Jimmy Hoffa. How about that scene? How great was that scene with no talking, just looking and eating a steak? How great was that? No, but you don't hear anybody talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. Because everybody's, everybody, oh, it stunk, it was slow. And I'm sending this shit to everybody. Because the fact that we got three hours of all of these brilliant performances and a story being told that hasn't been told. And what don't you like about it? The makeup looked a little silly and the movie. Okay, fine. A movie could have been 15, 20 minutes shorter. That's going to make or break. I mean, think about what you're talking about here. If that movie was five hours and 15 minutes, you know what? My ass would sit down and watch five hours and 15 minutes, 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 minutes of better actors than I'm possibly going to see the real life. But nobody wants to think like that. 
So this is the Unacceptable for the Verzi Effect podcast in episode 427. All of these cynical people who have to find something wrong with a legendary movie, a legendary story, legendary actors and performances, and a director who, by the way, is not getting any younger, who knows how long the guy's going to be around, giving you the story of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, which has been a mystery in this country forever. How about the fact that he's eating ice cream, seeing Kennedy get assassinated, and then he just goes and sits alone? and all that stuff. Fascinating. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, so everybody, listen, I'm not telling you what you can like or what you cannot like, but do it for the right reasons. Okay. If you normally don't like movies that are stretched out and, and boring, but what are you going to say? You know, or, or to boring to you, I should say, if you normally don't like a story to sit down and you just need shoot em up quick action, then whatever, that's on you. But did you see The Godfather 1 and The Godfather 2, which are arguably two of the greatest movies of all time? Did you see that? Those were over. Those were three-hour movies where it wasn't shoot them up all the time, where you actually had to follow, and you had to follow who was doing what and who was betraying who and how the power shifted from his father to him. Did you watch that movie? Was that boring? No. So basically what you're doing is you're trying to find something wrong with, with, with something because, you know... Because you can't instantly go to your cell phone and look up something that Google could tell you in two seconds anymore, you know, or go to, you know, get your food real quick and all this stuff. It's instant gratification that everybody needs and nobody's got time. It's ridiculous. I was actually talking to, and by the way, shout out to the fabulous, the wonderful, the incredible uh, Marcus Russell Price, who's the best photographer out there right now in show business as far as I'm concerned. Um, it was a complete honor to do a photo shoot with him. I mean, he's done everybody, uh, rock Chappelle. He, you know, my, my buddy Pete Davidson, he did, he's got that legendary picture of Amy Schumer at Madison square garden. He's been on movie sets. He's been at theater shows. He's been, he's just the best that there is. And, um, he did a photo shoot we did, which was fantastic. I don't know how he made my ugly ass look good, but he made me look fantastic. And there's pictures that I'm super proud of. And I didn't have any makeup. Made me realize, you know what? I'm not that bad looking of a guy. Let's be honest. Okay, I'm not saying I'm like a nine or an eight, but I'm, I'm, you know. And make no mistake, guys. Make no mistake. I did all right as a single man, okay? So let's not act like... Anyways, that's a story for another day. Um, me and Marcus Price... Oh, I'm fired up right now. You could tell. Yeah, you could tell. It's going to be a good show tonight. I could tell that I'm a little sharp. You know, I got my uh, T's crossed and my I's dotted. I'm, it's going to be a good one today. I'm going to close out this this tour properly. But Marcus and I talked about the movie. And he goes, yeah. He goes, what? People just can't sit down and enjoy a good story. They have to. And I'm like, yes, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. So, um, and the argument that really that I'm making here that I, I think is bulletproof is nobody talked about it. Um, but the fact that the story of Jimmy Hoffa is basically being told, think about that, you know, like, yes, there's been people that said, I've done this, I've done that. And it's been on local news and gone away. Martin Scorsese did his homework. Okay. They, they did their homework. This movie was 10 years in the making. They've interviewed, they talked to people. Martin Scorsese put it out there for people to know, like, this is pretty much what happened down to the house, the house that Hoffa got killed in. The day, what happened that day Hoffa got killed. How it turned for him to get killed. I mean, he gave you that story. Think about that. It's been a mystery 
It's like it, it was like, is that Bigfoot photo real? That's what the Jimmy Hoffa thing was. And you get it answered by the greatest to do it, and you got people complaining. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's just spoiled, unbelievable, unbelievable, cynical shit. And I'll I'll take it further. Every negative people don't like this movie. Negative people. People that are and and I hate to and I'm not going to say names. But let's just say I was out there on social media, you know. And I know there's a couple people joking to get people riled up. Oh, I didn't like it. But then there were people I saw out there that were like, okay, you know, this person's not really happy. And uh, they want to go at it. And they want to kind of be that uh, go against the grain. So, um, again, I'm not telling you what you should like or what you shouldn't like. But the reasons I'm hearing, too long, too slow. It's like, what, you don't have any fucking attention span? And none of those people said, and, and, and here's how I know that I'm right, okay? Here's how I know. Because none of those people that said those things about the Irishman in a negative way, I didn't hear any of them go, but the acting was good. You know, isn't that funny? Because listen, that's undeniable. You could say what you want. You could say you didn't like the CGI with the makeup and the, and the aging thing that they did. Okay, you could say the movie was too long. You could say things like that. But you can't, you cannot tell me that Pesci, De Niro, Pacino, all of these performances, even the guy who played Tony Pro was great. Okay, um, all of these performances, you can't say anything bad about it, but you just want to, oh yeah, it wasn't, what did you expect? Did you expect Pacino and Pesci to be in fucking toupees like uh, uh, like uh, Pesci was in Goodfellas and just shooting everybody and killing everybody and doing it. You expected the same movie again three times in a row, you dummies. Unacceptable. The Irishman's a fantastic acting movie. The two things I didn't like. I didn't like how De Niro's body and face did not match. Um, I thought that they could have changed a couple things to fix that. And I thought the movie could have been maybe 15 minutes Maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes shorter. But is that going to make me say it was terrible, it was boring? Absolutely not. So there you have it. And I know what you're saying. Well, Paul, this is an unfair, unacceptable because it's subjective. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay? We got the Jimmy Hoffa story with the greatest director and actors, period. Sit down on your couch, shut up, and enjoy it. Because I've heard the same people say shitty documentaries were fucking better than this epic movie was. And, you know, so I, yeah. Oh, did you see that thing about that prison? Yeah, that was, what do you think, these Netflix documentaries? They're fucking four hours. Of some guy who escaped prison and shit when he was in there falsely accused. Yeah, that's fascinating. But it wasn't... Pesci given an epic, all right, I'm done. I'm done. There you go. I feel better though. I feel better. Um, all right, moving on. Sometimes you just need to do that. You need to, you, 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 because it was festering in me, you know? You know when something is just in you and you're like, oh man, when I let, you know, I got to let this go. I got to let this go. This is why me and my wife don't fight that much because I get upset. I just let it out when I need to, you know, she'll, she'll hold it in. But that's a story for another day. God, I hope she doesn't hear this podcast. Um, moving on, everybody. Um, my beloved New York Knicks have fired their coach um, after they were embarrassed by 34 points by the Denver Nuggets at Madison Square Garden. And then the game before that, they lost, I think, by um, 50-something. It was a 
They literally had an 81-point differential to their last two opponents before they fired him, which is the most, um, you know, point difference in the history of the franchise. So basically, they were reaching new lows. They were 4-18. and 18. Um, It's not getting any better. Um, the nice thing is they have, have hit rock bottom with a couple of pieces that they could probably keep in place like Barrett and this and that. So, um, you know, I think it's time to get in. And enough of these. Can we, for, for the love of God, can these teams just stop getting coaches that are player-friendly? Can these can these coaches just stop being friends to the player? How many times do you have to see a success story of Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells, you know, being a general? Oh, yeah, yeah, you had two penalties? Get the fuck out of here. You're going on a bus to Milwaukee. That's what it is. That's what it is. Bill Parcells didn't even call the player by name. He called him the player. Now, I'm not saying that's right. But you know what? The guy won a lot. The guy won. Couple Super Bowls. Also, a couple of losses in the Super Bowl or been to the Super Bowl multiple times. Playoffs. So, playoffs. So, I just, I'm just like in this thing where they're like, you know, the guys love him. The guys will run through a wall for him. You know what? Get a general in there. Get, hey, asshole, you're shooting 25%, okay? Do you want your family to be in that nice house in New York or Jersey? Get your shit together, okay? Or we're going to ship you over to the Orlando Magic where you're going to be playing next to fucking Disney World and Mickey Mouse. You dickhead. Get your shit together. You're out. And that's exactly what good coaches do. It's like Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches ever, you can argue. Okay? That guy will scream at his star players. I saw him yelling at Tim Duncan. I saw him yelling at Tony Parker. That's what you do. You call the guy aside and you go, hey, man, listen, I love you, but what the fuck are you doing out there? What are you What are you thinking out there? Okay? Get your shit together or you... <clears throat> excuse me. Get your shit together or you're going to be benched. <clears throat> Drink. How many have my drink? I'm fired up on this one, guys. I'm sorry. I know I sound like an old, angry man on this one, but I am. I am because it's like every it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's almost like you you you. It's just a weakness that just people have right now that I can't handle it. All right, now I want you to hit your kids. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's funny. I talk all this shit, and I'm so soft with my. I'm actually the opposite of the coaches that I just described, but that's why I'm not a coach. You know what I mean? That's why I'm going to go, you know, tell stories tonight on stage and be funny and make people laugh instead of do the stuff I said. But if I was a coach, I would be like, hey, you know, what are you, what's going on here? Um... It's funny, I probably shouldn't say this, but I went to my son's basketball practice. My son is really, really good in basketball, and he's just super smart. He just thinks out there more than most kids. He sees the floor, and he wants somebody to set a pick, and he wants to give a good assist. He just wants the team to win by playing the right way, and he also has a fantastic shot and everything like that, which he got from his old man, make no mistake about that. But um, I started like I was watching it, and then I started to scrimmage another team. And there were like kids on the other team with their dads there. And all of a sudden I started like, I started saying shit. And I didn't realize I was embarrassing my son. But like, you know, if they would like get rebounds, I'd be like, all day. That's what we're doing all day. Meanwhile, like people are just waiting to pick their kids up from practice. And I'm sitting here acting like my son's in a championship game. So I got to calm down. But um, I want to say something that means a lot to me right now. Um, I really do. Um... 
a lot of veterans are coming out to see me. And as you guys know, I mean, some of you people are new to the podcast, but um, a lot of the episodes in the 200s and the 300s, and I still do it now, but, um, you know, sometimes with things going on, I talk about that with stuff with movies and sports and, you know, where I was and your guy's unacceptable and my unacceptable and all that all that stuff that we do. Um, sometimes I, I, you know, I fail to bring it up all the time, but um, you guys know how I feel about the vets. And um, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, it's corny to say, give it up for the troops. Like, I truly, truly believe that those guys are still, and I said this, I had all these wounded warriors come to my show last night, you know, and um, it was amazing. And they were like, just so cool afterwards. There was a line of them because I told everybody from the stage, I said, look, um, I'll be back there if you came out to see me. Um, you know, get me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, any pictures that you want, I'll be back there. And there was a line of people and not all of them were wounded warriors, obviously, but then there was a big pack that were, and they were joking around. They're like, yeah, man, there's like four legs between us. And these guys had titanium legs and these guys were, were really, these guys were, you know, crutches, you know, prosthetics, all this stuff. And they were just amazing laughers and great people. And I wholeheartedly mean that I think it's still so underappreciated what they do. It's the manliest shit ever. And I'm able to go up and tell my fucking silly jokes on stage and, and my stories to people because of what these people do. So, And there were vets all throughout Texas, especially Texas. And I know there's a lot of bases down here and all that stuff. And I know people stay down here. Um, military people are down here. I just want to thank every one of you guys for uh, men and women who came out to see me um, and all of the wounded warriors and the veterans that were in the crowd laughing, having a good time, taking pictures. Uh, it means the world to me and um, keep coming out and tell people and also reach out to me because if I'm going to be somewhere and you know, you're know you a vet or wounded warrior and you want to see me, reach out to me. I'll do anything I can to get you guys promo codes, to get you guys discounts, to get you guys hooked up at the show because I really, really appreciate what you guys do. And you guys know that there's a platoon out there called The Animals because I used to do, when we did The Unacceptable, I'd be like, these fucking animals walking around bare feet in restaurants and like we would call people animals, you're an animal, put them in a cage, all the things that we did on TVE. And um, there was a platoon that named themselves, shout out to John Baxley, but there was a platoon that they named themselves the animals and then each of them had a name, an animal name. And they took a picture like up in the mountains. I don't know where they were. And they just took a picture and they sent it to me and it was amazing. So um, I wholeheartedly mean, I think it's the most gangster shit in the world, what these vets do. You got to be another dude or, or, or woman on another level. To just be able to be like, no, I'm going into combat. I'm fighting for this country. I'll take fuck. You know, I did a joke about it where like they were like, yeah, you got to be ready. Are you ready to die right now for your country? And I was like, not really, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> kind of OK. And it's it's all because the, these people can do it. So thank you very much. And uh, and the coolest thing was imagine that, you know, you go to war and you lose a limb and you go through that hardship. You go through something in life. And then you're at a comedy show just laughing. And then not only that, taking it a step further and, and laughing about it. Going, yeah, we got no fucking legs over here. So like, just like having great sense of humor and great people. Like I could have hung out with these guys, drank with these guys, whatever. Like they were just the best. They really were the best and funny and a sense of humor. So um, it was awesome. 
and I hope to see uh, hope to see more of them at the show. But um, I just want you to know that I truly, genuinely um, appreciate it because it's uh, you know it's amazing to be in that situation and go, yeah, I want to go laugh, let's go hang out, have a good time at the show. Um, and I got to tell you, man, I'm having so much fun. Like the, I was doing this joke about Mexicans. I'm just joking about like I love the Mexican accent. I just love it. It's my favorite thing ever. It's my favorite thing. I've talked about it on the show before. But um, I didn't know how they were going to feel. You know, like Mexican people, how they're going to feel. And they are like reposting stuff on my social media. They're coming up to me afterwards. They're doing the impression that I do. I do this impression about Mexicans, how, you know, they sound like they just had groin surgery. Where I'm always like, what's going on? Fucking shit, my leg. Fucking hurts. And, then, and they always say, and shit. You know, I said, like, they could be ordering a burger. They'd be like, yeah, let me get a burger and shit. And I go, why are they saying and shit? Like, so I'm just having fun on stage. We're just having fun. And um, the <laughs> Mexican audience members are coming up, and they're just having a ball. Like, they're just, it's just so funny, man. Texas is just such a funny um, place. You know, there's guns everywhere. There's just giant plates of food. I'm in San Antonio. It's the third fattest. San Antonio is the third fattest city in America, like, eight years straight. It's like they're holding that title. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how they're not fatter. Because they have, like, it's not like in America. I mean America. It's not like in New York. How, how fucking small-minded is that? It's not like Amer my America in New York. No, but it's not like what I was going to say is the Northeast. It's not like the Northeast when you get nachos. Okay, when you get nachos by us, they give you a plate of nachos. They give you a plate of chips. And you throw some... Whatever, the pico, or the cheese, however like you want the nachos, maybe some meat, some cheese. I mean, down here, if you order nachos, I mean, they're putting it in like a bucket. I mean, they're, I mean, if you order nachos down here, it's your appetizer and your entree. I've never seen anything like it. They put full beers and margaritas here. They put a Dos Equis beer upside down in a frozen margarita. And as you drink the margarita, the Dos Equis beer goes down. So you're throwing down like four drinks in one margarita here. I mean, these people are fat on a level that's actually impressive that they're not that fat because I would be a 700-pound monster if I lived down here. Um, so I'm actually trying to get out of here unscathed and go home for the holidays not looking like a bag of shit. Um, that's why I'm glad I did that photo shoot with Marcus because I starved myself for a few days and knew it, knew it was coming. By the way, I'm, I can't wait to share these photos because the photos are, uh, are fantastic. And my manager, fucking hilarious, dude. My manager is, my manager, Rory, the great Rory Rosegarden. I mean, this guy is funny on a level that he does. He's one of those, he's like my dad, where my dad is funny and doesn't know it. You know, like my dad says that thing where he's like, oh, happy birthday. I remember the day you were born, the day your brother was born. All right. And that's when men stayed in the waiting room. And you're just like, and he doesn't even realize how ridiculous and funny that is, especially to me. But um, my manager would just be like, yeah, you know, you need some new pictures. The ones you have now are just shit. I mean, it looks like your aunt took them. And, uh, <laughs> and he was on the... Uh, he was on the, he was at the photo shoot, of course, you know, he was at the photo shoot, he works with Marcus and stuff, and uh, he goes, so he would just like watch, and he'd be like, all right, on this one, like, be a little more serious, but not too serious, all right, this one, I want a good smile, but not too much of a smile, this one, don't go too much teeth, this one, like, you know, just how people would, <laughs> and this, and this one. 
<laughs> this one, he goes, he goes, all right, yeah, this one's not bad, but the smile. He goes, I need a little more of a smirk. He goes, this one is... <laughs> He goes, this one's like a license smile. Like this one's like you're at the DMV posing for your license. And it really was perfect. It was perfect. I got tears in my eyes right now. But oh man. My manager's a character, man. He's a he's a legend, by the way. He's the best. He's the best. You know, um, he's been in the game. He just know he's just but he's just so funny. Listen, listen, Paul, I got an idea. You don't like it. Tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, this is not a bad picture. I mean, but it just looks like your aunt took it in, in your basement. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, I'm ready for the holidays, guys. I'm going big. All right. I'm lighting my house up. I'm putting lights around my whole fucking house. Okay. I'm gonna put a Santa Claus, a snowman. You know, I'm going big. I think I actually might even hire Christmas carolers. I'm just going to be like, look, 10 o'clock at night, I need 14 years outside. I need you loud and clear, okay? And you got to belt out. At, you got to go silent night. Jingle bells are too much, too musts, all right? You got to go silent night. I've talked about it on there. Is number For me, it's number one. Silent night is the best, you know. Silent night with a little bit of snowfall on a quiet thing. You know, by the fire, holding a whiskey, a scotch, or a, or a red wine, or a bourbon, silent night. Are you kidding me? I mean, it really doesn't get be much better than that, okay? I mean, I'm putting, yeah, I mean, the cats and dogs are going to be ready for Christmas. I mean, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing. I am ready. I am ready to open some bottles of red, sit home with my family. By the way, there's a couple of red wines. Okay, I don't know if you're into red wine. If you are, you could write these down because the nice thing is, um, you know, I go on the road. People know that I like red or I ask for red and they know what I'm in town doing. I'm a comedian. Let's be honest. I'm a little bit of a big shot. So they tell me the good. I'm kidding. But um, I'm totally kidding. But uh, the one called The Verge. It's called The Verge. V-E-R-G-E. -E. It was like $19 a glass. And I think I had like three of them. And it was fantastic. And um, the one that I loved in Dallas was Austin Hope. And Austin Hope is um, is great. I'm not really, I mean, no disrespect if you like. There's certain white wines that I would have with um, with seafood that are good. There's certain, like there's like a Chardonnay if it's chilled with like if you have like cold crab legs or craw... Uh, crab claws and stuff there's certain things that are good pairing but for the most part i'm not a white wine guy i'm a medium to kind of full body um red wine guy and um you know the older i get i could feel the old italian man coming out in me with this red wine because it's fantastic i love it um so uh check out uh austin hope and the verge and you could say you're welcome after you know you're welcome after um, but yeah, so there you have it. There you have it. Um, those two reds and I'm calming down with the cigars and all of that stuff. Movies, guys. I, like I said, I have not seen many movies recently. Um, and obviously I, you know, I did the Irishman 
um, unacceptable on the show. So you guys know that I really enjoyed the story and the acting and all that stuff. And I'm going to take it for what it is and enjoy it. But as far as other things, I have not. I just, the documentaries, I just love watching um, the Nazis get caught like the Nazis from Auschwitz and, and all these places that like came to the United States and they were living normal, quiet lives. And then they get like taken out in their 80s and they get like sentenced because they did horrible shit. So I watched all of those on Netflix. That was good. Um, and yeah, no, I'm just not really watching. Like the thing about Netflix is I really don't care that they're like, oh, the toys that made us. And then they do a documentary on like wrestling figures and the slinky. I don't give a shit about that. I, I just, I don't. I lived it. I enjoyed it. I don't need a documentary for three hours about something that I know or I played with. Yeah, I got it. Great. He-Man figures were the shit when you were a kid. Yeah, the slinky. And then the slinky turned into colors. And yeah, that's that's fantastic. Like, we, it's over. So I don't need to watch that. I don't know what else to watch. I might even actually go to the movies tonight because my show is over early and it's right next to a theater that you can get dinner at, food, while you watch the movie. So I might do that, but I have a, you know, five o'clock in the morning uh, pickup. So who knows what I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, for sports, the Knicks, you know, what what am I going to say? The Knicks aren't going anywhere. The Giants stink. And the Yankees are probably going to give a billion dollars to two pitchers. So that's pretty much all you have to know about sports. Oh, by the way, shout out to everybody over at uh, Good Morning Football for having me back on. Such a great time. Uh, Kyle Brandt, Kay Adams, Nate Burleson, Peter Schrager. Um, do my unacceptable segment on there again, and it's great. Oh, and I, I'll finish off here, guys. Yeah, I'm going to get off here in like another five minutes just because I have to go do this. But I wanted to make sure that this was out, and this was out early for you. All right, I'm going to name this episode The Irishman just because I want I want people to hear it and I want people to even go at me if they disagree and I would love to have the argument or the discussion I should say. You can't really argue something that's subjective, but um, if you agree with me, if you half agree with me and you want to write in, write in to unacceptablesfortve at gmail. But this episode is going to be called, uh, you know, The Irishman, TVE episode 427, The Irishman. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, what I was going to say is, um, regarding, regarding the sports podcast, uh, unfortunately guys, the way it's looking right now is, uh, contract negotiations were, um, not handled right. You know, I don't want to get into too much of it. I could just say this. The contract negotiations weren't held right. It's taking way too long. A lot of things that I'm seeing that I'm really kind of unhappy with. And I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm just going to concentrate on maybe revamping the Verzi effect with more guests and, um, you know, doing certain things like that. Or if I'm going to talk sports, have guests on here, uh, continue. I'm going to keep now and revamp and do some things. I'm going to hire somebody to let me get video on the Patreon and do some stuff like that. But um, there's just a lot of stuff going on like that. And I don't know. I, I don't really want to wait or talk about it anymore and, and have things like that not happen because that, that's not what I want to do. So, um, yeah, man, just keep listening to this. I'll let you guys know as things go on if anything changes, but always want to tell you guys that. Always appreciate you guys on the Patreon. I'm going to do more of that. And, um, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And um, everybody, I don't know. I'm going to try to get this right. I don't think I can. But I want to thank everybody. And if I missed your city, but everybody everywhere I was, Okay, let me just say that because it was been so many. It was New York, New Jersey, um, Connecticut, Boston, Rhode Island, West Palm Beach, Tempe, Arizona, 
Las Vegas, um, you know, where, where else? Um, Albany, Syracuse, you know, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, um, all of these amazing places that I was able to go. Uh, if I missed you guys, whatever, you know, I'm sure that I did. But next year I'm planning to go to, to more places and more places in the Midwest. I want to get out to, uh, we're trying to get out to Utah. I want to get back to Cleveland. I want to go to Milwaukee. I want to shoot my special, a bunch of different things. Um, so if I missed you this year, um, I'm coming out there and I'm going to be working on getting out there and shooting something next year for sure. There's going to be more material to come and I'm super happy with the new hours. So thank you, thank you, thank you everybody for more updates. Go to paulverzi.com. You guys are going to be seeing a lot more stuff coming out soon. And um, yeah, just thank you guys so much. I will talk to you obviously uh, next week before Christmas, but the tour is officially over in another literally two hours from right now. I am done doing an hour, and then I'm just going to run around like a lunatic in the city. And then in a week, I'll be like, fuck, I wish I was going somewhere because I want to do an hour. That's life. Thank you, guys. Uh, Verzi Effect listeners, you guys are fantastic. Um, enjoy this episode when you listen to it. Again, The Irishman, and tell everybody to stop being a cynical asshole. I love you all. I am out of here. Talk to you soon.